Welcome back to the Sound Sense Podcast. I'm Jessica Quinlan. Today, we have part two of our cybersecurity conversation, diving into social media, smishing, and phishing. Enjoy. What are some of the common signs for phishing emails, and how can people verify that an email is legitimate and not fall victim yeah. to a scam? That's a tough one. I'd say if you asked me five years ago, things would be <laughs> like misspelled mm. words, poor grammar. Email addresses languages. that are wild. But as we talked about with, you know, generative AI, mm. this becoming more of a business model for attackers, mm. the sophistication level has increased dramatically. And while still, yes, bad grammar, poor spelling are signs, they are more often than not, not longer. I would almost argue at, at this stage of the game that minor grammar and, and typographical errors are more indicative of an actual natural language speaker and writer. <laughs> Who's just typing fast. Right, because how many times have you received an email from, you know, a director or a VP and it's like, oh. I 100%. Yeah. I received one earlier it, today. I was it, like, it, it, right, it that. happens all the time. <laughs> Whereas like these computer tools that are being heavily leveraged, they're being written more and more to avoid all of those types of errors altogether, right. which is really an odd way of thinking of it. Like if it looks too perfect, Maybe it is, mm -hmm. but we're kind of getting into a, a new paradigm where that's becoming more the case. One of the really tricky things, and to your point about the email addresses, is email addresses themselves are actually really easy to imitate or spoof is, mm. is what we call it. If I know what I'm doing, I can craft an email such that you're never going to see where I sent it from. You're just going to see what I'm telling you mm. it came from, and I can make it look like any if I really want to. Right. What you really... I think more than not these days, the most important thing to look out for is any embedded links in a document and just understanding what the URLs themselves mean and where they go. And this gets into probably a lot more than what most normal users really want to learn about top-level domains and how URLs are constructed and what's a page versus a subpage versus content. But knowing that a .com is, you know, a .com, top-level domain, and that's different than .cm, which is an available one that can be used to imitate .coms because hmm. a lot of times people don't read the entire thing. They see the C and the M, the brain fills in the middle, right. and they just click on it anyway. Or understanding things like if, if a URL itself ends in .rs or a .hk, those are top-level domains from other countries in does it make sense for you to be receiving an email with a link to a Russian website or <laughs> to a, a website hosted in Hong Kong? If it does, okay. But if it doesn't, think about what you're doing. Right. And then the other part of it is a lot of times before even you get to that top-level domain, the .com, ant.com is a good example. Ant.com is the main domain of, of that. And anything within that is likely going to be .com slash security. That's a page below there. Or in the case of banking, you know, you might see online.ent.com. It's a, a subdomain mm -hmm. of the .com domain. Well, a lot of times what the bad guys will try to do is make things look like they're subdomains or domains, but they're putting them in different places, usually in the dot part before the dot. So it might be onlineent.ent.com to, mm. to try to get you to not think about it and just right. read it and react. I'd say the other big thing, even beyond links, is just understanding the content yeah. of the message. Does it make sense from who it's from? Does the sense of urgency match 
your relationship with the person. Mm -hmm. Things like that, especially when it's from another individual. Is this, you know, a human that you interact with regularly? Do they normally speak like this? Right. Um, Are these requests normal? Yeah. Can you verify it in another way? Hey, if you can stand up and go walk over to them and say, hey, did you send this to me? Do that. If you can pick up the phone and not calling a phone number that's listed in that same message, but if you have their phone number outside, that's a great way to just verify, hey, is this from you? Right. I love that. How can members contribute to the cybersecurity of their financial institution? You know, one of the best things is, you know, we, we stole the, the tagline from the Department of Homeland Security for many years ago. We use it internally all the time. Is if you see something, say something. Mm. If something, you know, looks suspicious, if it doesn't feel right, if it, there's just something off about it, report it. Because at the end of the day, we'd rather things get reported that turn out to be completely innocuous. Mm-hmm. You know, we would we would call that a false positive mm-hmm. than for things that are actually bad and malicious to not get reported at all and then people to get taken. That's the worst case. Yeah, reporting is is really important. And to just understand what makes sense, what's normal versus not. And, right. you know. When I think there's a level of report and even if you're wrong, at least you reported it. Exactly. You're not going to offend a company because you reported because you thought something no. was weird. You know, it's better to do that than not report it and then people get scammed or, or exactly something happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We never want to see anybody get scammed or have fraudulent activity yeah. on an account or, you know, account takeovers or identity yeah, theft, anything mm-hmm. like that. You know, if you're worried about, oh, I'm not sure, you know, just report it anyway. Okay. Better to be safe than sorry. So let's switch gears to social media. So many are on social media. What can you explain, you know, social engineering on social media and some of the the best practices for staying safe? Because I think at least just from my perspective, there's this balance of, you know, sharing your life and your joys and your all of that, but also being insanely vulnerable in doing so. But we live in an age of social media and people aren't just going to delete their accounts. No, whether absolutely, maybe yeah. some of you some of you I, might subscribe to. I was going to say, you're talking to someone that has no social media presence yes. over here. I'm always fascinated I by folks it, who have no. You just won't see it. See. So then why have it? Well, because, so this, this actually going to be what my, my Okay, go ahead. Is. Sorry. No, yes. I, no, absolutely. <laughs> Beyond just the, you know, two-factor authentication, which Facebook. Yep. YouTube, you know, all of them, the the main sites out there, they all support two-factor authentication, mm-hmm. strong passwords. That's yep. also a super critical thing. But beyond that, make sure your privacy settings are set so that only the people that you want to see your social media presence can. Okay. Now, if you're like me and you value, you know, your, your personal content, <laughs> privacy, you know, I, I, I make fun of my wife pretty frequently because she's got like seven, eight hundred friends. You can't see my air quotes again, but I'm making <laughs> friends on Facebook. And I'm like, do you even know any of these people? And she knows some of them to some degree. And some of them, it's just people that know her through some of her outside activities. But she doesn't necessarily interact with a lot. I have 1,954 friends on Facebook. <laughs> How many of them could you name off the top oh, of your head? Oh, not that many at all. Would, but would this you is be... when you travel a lot in your 20s and you do a lot of theater and a lot of different things. You meet a lot of people. Would you be shocked to find out that I have less than 100? Not even a little bit. I'm actually <laughs> shocked you're even close to a yeah. triple figure there. I, I, <laughs> triple I know, digits. I know a few people. Most of them are family. That's okay. And then That's and then who some, you want to see your uh, stuff? Exactly. And then some really close friends. Are you on social media? Yes, I am technically on 
I look at other people's social media, and so I have to have an account for that. Which is valid, yes. And I also think we are all parents in different stages mm-hmm. of parenthood, but I also like looking forward, no, yeah. I'm on social yeah. for that. So but, I you know, to monitor become, their behavior. <laughs> in those privacy settings, right, there's mm-hmm. usually three levels. Sometimes they're a little bit more, but it's mm-hmm. generally friends. That's only the people that you're friends with. Right. So my less than 100 people <laughs> and your 1,900 people, they can see what you post right. and only they can see what you post. And then mm-hmm. it moves to friends of friends. So that's that secondary circle, right? Right. And it, that can get pretty big, especially if you've got 1,900 friends. <laughs> Your friends of friends could, in theory, be in the tens of thousands. Right, absolutely. Maybe more because if all of them also have that many 1,900 friends, yeah, the math adds up. Yes. And then there's public. And I recommend to anybody, unless you are a social media presence and you're crafting some sort of curated personal brand. Right, it's your job. You're going to be an influencer. Yeah, exactly. Don't ever put your settings on public. Because that is where the really dangerous side of this world comes into play, the social engineering aspect. Mm -hmm. There is a a reconnaissance methodology. It's called OSINT or Open Source Intelligence Gathering. And this is just somebody who understands this world and security or the opposite side of it and being in the, the bad guy sphere of things. Just being able to go and see what you've published out on the internet. You know, that's public and for all the world to see. You'd actually be shocked at how much is out there on any individual person. And it's really difficult to wrangle once it's already out there. You know, the old saying goes, once it's on the Internet, it's forever. It doesn't just apply to pictures. Right. You know, it's it's anything that you've put out there. It, it, it doesn't really go away. There are some websites, even legitimate ones like Google. You can go and say, oh, there's this stuff. I want you to pull it down. And, there's processes and that's not even perfect. Mm-hmm. They can they can only do so much. But, you know, that's the best thing I would say for social media to prevent social engineering types of attacks at all. Mm-hmm. Just limit who can see your information. Yeah, I think on the flip side of pulling information out of social media, there is a strong possibility of things like phishing attempts, social engineering through the social media platform as well. Mm-hmm. And so treating it as anyone unknown as potentially a bad person trying to gain more information than they should, trying to get in contact with you in a way that they shouldn't, mm-hmm. be highly skeptical on the internet. Yeah. You know, that that reminds me, there's a really common thing. I, I still see it all the time, more more than I think I should be. But, you know, especially with Facebook is count personation, right? Mm-hmm. It's really easy for anyone that knows how. I can go, I can steal pictures from either any of your accounts, Mm -hmm. I can post them as my own. I can create a new account imitating yours with a same or similar name Mm -hmm. and publish it. And if I have done some other types of open source stuff, or if you have certain information that you've left public, like your friends list that you probably shouldn't, well, I can go and start sending new friend requests to all of your friends. And then they, I see this all the time of like, why is my grandma sending me a friend request? We've been friends for years. And it's like, oh, great. Pick up the phone. Hey, um, Will you- so I think somebody stole your information and you probably are going to want to follow some steps. And I, yeah. I like to direct people to Facebook's instructions for. How yeah, to- they have a whole page. Oh, they're so good. Their instructions are great. I've mm-hmm. 
probably directed five people in the last year oh, I love to that. to that. See, when it's I've, interesting too with oh sorry just with social media like the the handles can't copy themselves the URLs etc but like the names obviously there are more than one right. John Smith in the world so it's really easy because you're not you're not misspelling my name you're actually fully copying my name yeah. it's just the URL is obviously different exactly. which who's paying attention to that very few people do yeah. so for social media obviously you know any unsolicited friend request ignore requests for money, things like that. Is there any sort, anything else around social media that you would want people to know? You know, I, I err on the side of caution. I have a t-shirt at home that says paranoia is your friend because I work in security. It feels like your department's. It really, it really, well, we so much, we see so much bad stuff happening in the world that most people don't. It's hard to not get a little bit jaded. Absolutely. I can only imagine. But I I would say one of the worst things I, I see people doing is, you know, Going on vacation or leaving your home unoccupied for periods of time and telling the entire world about it, you know, like, oh, yes, these are we're Hey, we're leaving. We're going to be gone these dates. And he's like, hey, come on over to my house and steal everything that I have while I'm gone. Right. Vacation picks and stuff aside. That's fine. Maybe just wait till you get home. Right. And, like and after the fact, it's great because now you're home exactly. and safe. And yeah. I see. OK, so we'll just watch what you're watch what you're sharing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't. At the end of the day, I think, you know, in in our department, we talk about it a lot just at an organizational standpoint, but even as an individual standpoint, make yourself a hard target. Because at the end of the day, human beings naturally will take the path of least resistance, Mm -hmm. even the attackers. They don't want to have to jump through all kinds of hoops. They don't want to work that hard. Exactly. It's it's all about return on investment, right? The, The least amount of work I can do for the biggest amount of reward that I can get. So if you're an easy target, you're you're going to be an easy target. Right. That makes sense. Is there anything else either of you would like to add for Cybersecurity Awareness Month? I'd say it seems really hard for, at the outset to be cybersecure. Just mm-hmm. the, the mindset of like, oh, you know, I, I know nothing about IT. I don't know how to do anything besides for push the power button on my computer. Right. I, I can work my phone and I have a limited capacity, but it's it's really not that difficult to be secure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I, I think if you if you take the appropriate steps, and you're just mindful as you use technology, which I would hope everyone that's using technology is mindful of the way in which they're using it. Mm-hmm. It it is remarkably easy to do it the right way. Yeah, I love that. Love that because I think it can be daunting. I think to a degree, it sounds like it. To this point, it's always worth it, and I think I would just add to that. Don't ever make the excuse that it's not worth taking the the couple of extra minutes or couple of extra time because you won't be the target. Nobody's interested in your information. Your information is just as important and valuable to the attackers as anybody else's. And if you can make yourself a hard target, they'll go after someone else. Right. I love that. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Caleb, Daniel, thanks so much for being here. Sir, thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you for listening to Sound Sense from End Credit Union. Please be sure to follow us as well as rate and review us. I'm Jessica Quinlan. I will see you next week, same time, same place. The information presented in this episode is intended to be used for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Consult a financial, tax, or legal professional to see if the information provided in this episode is suitable for your situation. Information stated is current as of the time of recording and may be subject to change in the future. Third-party products and services mentioned in the podcast are done so for informational purposes only and should not be considered endorsements or affiliations unless stated otherwise. 
Any opinions of guests or third parties on the podcast are strictly their own and do not represent End Credit Union. End Credit Union is insured by the NCUA and is an equal housing opportunity lender. Visit end.com for more information.